are walking through the valley together. Last week, we introduced you to this series that focuses us on lament as we work our way through Lent. <coughs> Lent is a time to be honest <coughs> with God, with ourselves, and others. Lament is how we share our honesty with God. Lament is the prayer we pray, the frustration we allow God to see, the tears we cry to God. It's when we take the suffering we experience, however we got to it, no matter the circumstance, and cry out to God. It's not just complaining or grieving. It's an intense prayer of praise for God's care and authority over our lives. It's proof of our relationship and intimacy with him. It's asking God to act and doing so not just on our own, but also with others. Sometimes we don't have the answers. And sometimes God doesn't even give us the answers, as we see in the case with Job. But he loves us, and he hears our lament. Now, I'm pretty sure you've heard this before, but... I'll use this example to get us started today in the topic of lament and honesty. There are two ways to greet people. Most of the time we ask it this way. This shouldn't sound unfamiliar to you. Most of the time we say, hi, how are you? And the other person responds, what? Usually, I'm fine, right? Great. Some people might say. Then they ask you, how are you? And you respond the same. It takes about 10 seconds and you're both on your way, right? The second way is much less common. We say not just how are you, but we add a fourth word. How are you really? It's not that people are dishonest, but asking this question makes people more honest. If we care enough to ask the question with four words instead of three. And that question takes more time to answer and validate and then reciprocate. Sometimes you can't have a long conversation, so we don't use it that often. But when we do, it can be very meaningful for both people. That's at the heart of what we want to get to this morning when it comes to lament, honesty. It's not just taking a little more time to answer a question, but rather being in touch with the things that mean more to us and affect us on a deeper level, even the painful stuff. Walking through the valley is hard work if we're honest and it's important to us and to God that we are. Job was honest. It's the oldest book in the Bible. It was written approximately 2100 to 1800 BC. Genesis is the second oldest book in the Bible, but it was written 
Uh, it was written in 1450. It was also written with the other four books of the Pentateuch, Penta meaning five. So the first five books of the Bible were written around the same time, very close. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. In Job, we see a man who allows God to be directly attacked by Satan. He's an example of faithfulness as he loses everything, everything important to him. Yet he remains faithful to God. And its purpose is to illustrate God's sovereignty and faithfulness during a time of great suffering. It's a book of honesty. It's a book of lament. It's a very powerful book, especially for those who are acquainted with grief. The narrative begins by Job being tested by God. We get no backstory about why or how or all of that sort of thing. God simply allows Satan to wreak havoc on his life. And that's a direct reference to Satan. There wasn't a, a veiled reference. Satan talks to God. God says, have you seen Job? Uh, he's, a, he's an upright man. And Satan challenges God. And God says, go ahead. Do whatever you want to do to him. Just don't take his life. It's the only thing you can't do. Just don't take his life. Why? Well, that's another sermon for another time. But it's a good start to a lament. Actually, it's a great start to a lament. We made reference of it last week. To ask why is a great start. But Job is stripped of his wealth and his health. His children are killed, and his wife tells him to commit suicide. How many of you have read Job? It's a wonderful story. <laughs> Full of all wonderful, great things. It's important to note that through all of this, through everything that Job goes through, he did not sin, and he did not blame God. But then his friends come to counsel him. Have you ever had someone try to give you advice in order to help, but it only made things worse? That's what happens with Job's friends. About 30 chapters worth of bad advice is what Job gets from his friends. They blame Job for his own suffering. And the section of scripture that Vicki just read for you is one of Job's many replies to his, uh, to his three friends. We'll get back to that, but in the final chapters of the book, just to kind of put it in very broad, paint with broad strokes, God speaks to Job and he restores him, but God doesn't give Job any answers. Job wants answers, but God never gives him any. Save one, that God knows best, even when Job had not seen what God was doing in his life. In the end, Job answers God by saying, that even though he did not understand why he had to go through everything he had to go through, he believed. He believed in God. He believed that God was doing what God needed to do. And with that, God blesses Job with 140 years of life, twice as much wealth as he had before his trials began. Listen, if you're in a time of suffering, you need to read Job. It would be a great book for you to read. It all works out for Job, by the way. But let's do this. Let's just zoom in for a moment 
to chapter 13, when Job, in the midst of his suffering, he's in the midst of his suffering, and his friends are doing a very poor job of helping him through it. Wrongly, for telling him his own sin has caused him to suffer. Job remains honest to God and to himself, and Job is so fed up with them that he's actually angry with them. And when you're angry and someone, or in this case, three someones, who won't stop talking and accusing, you end up yelling at them. It's a wonderful uh, paraphrase if you read this piece of scripture in the message by Eugene Peterson. He puts it this way in verses 3 through 5. Job is talking. I'm taking my case straight to God Almighty. I've had it with you. I'm going directly to God. You graffiti my life with lies. You're a bunch of pompous quacks. And then he says this. I wish you'd shut your mouth. Silence is your only claim to wisdom. Apparently, Job was mad. <laughs> Maybe you can relate. Maybe you've been so fed up with your circumstance or situation or your family or friends, you just want to yell at somebody. That, brothers and sisters, is being honest. It's also the basis of a meaningful lament to God. Did you know that God can handle you yelling at him? Have you ever tried that? Oh, it's kind of quiet. Some of you need to try that. It's a great way to begin your lament. The rest of the short reading we heard is Job finalizing his case in front of his friends. That although he does not understand why God is behind all that has happened to him, he still trusts and hopes. And now, isn't that a powerful message for us today? Just like I mentioned last week, there are some of you here this morning that are really hurting. And specifically today, some of you are suffering not because of anything that you have done, and maybe not because of anything anybody else has done. You are simply in a place of pain. And you have no place to put it, except for one, to put it in the hands of God and to be bluntly honest with him. If so, if that's you, let your lament be heard. No one else needs to know it except for you and God. Be honest with yourself and with him. He can handle it. Maybe you are being tested. Be reminded that God does not give us more than we can handle. That's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Maybe you're in a time of profound loss. If so, again, read Job. It doesn't matter the kind of loss you're experiencing. Read Job to know who is the one and how to go to the one who hears you even if you don't understand. Maybe especially because you don't understand. Be honest enough to say you're mad, or you're sad, or you're being given terrible advice 
unhelpful advice from friends and family at the moment. Whatever it is, tell God about it. Lament that to God. It's okay to do that, even though things are not okay with you at the moment. Weeping in sorrow may last for the night, but joy comes with the morning. Now, I certainly don't have uh, a habit of doing this very often, but I would like to repeat part of a paragraph I wrote from last week. It remains 100% true today as it was last Sunday. All of us feel the weight of life at times. No matter who put it there for you to carry, maybe even you. And maybe nobody did. There may not be good answers to those issues and feelings you have, if any. And it's very possible God won't give you any either to help you grow in faith. You remember me saying that last week? It still remains true. That's what happened with Job. He was incredibly blessed, quite practically, for having gone through what he went through. I know we can't see it or comprehend it in the moment, but our honest lament is our expression of trust in God and his ability to sustain us through the valley, and sometimes that valley comes at us hard. Again, I say to you, God loves you, God knows, God hears, God has it under control, even if you don't feel like you do. He just wants you closer to him. Better yet, he wants you to know how close he already is. I told you last week your pastors will ask these kinds of questions throughout Lent. What is your lament? What is your prayer of sadness or pain or hurt or loss or anger or grief? And I'll add to them, how honest can you get with God? Of course, we know we're not fooling him or holding anything back from him that he doesn't already know. How are you really? God is waiting to hear your reply. There is a very strong second lesson that comes from Job as it relates to lament. It has to do with his friends. As I already shared, his friends were not very helpful in the midst of Job's suffering and his lament, wanting to correct him and show him the error of his ways, which was false to begin with. Great friends, right? Job wasn't suffering <clears throat> because of something he did. <clears throat> but even if he was, their advice still stunk. It's a lesson on how we walk alongside someone in the midst of grief and pain, no matter where it's derived. 
If you witness someone in the midst of a season of lament, there are better things you can do than to accuse. Some of us need to practice coming alongside those who are suffering. Many of you are very good at this. At least some of us could do a little better. Show some compassion. Offer meaningful support to help someone through their pain or grief, not make it worse. Why should we do this? I hope you can answer that question because you would want the same thing for yourself. I would remind you that in your desire to help, some don't need to hear a word from you. They just need a hand on their shoulder, or they need a hug, or they need breakfast so they can talk to you. They need your ears more than your mouth, most times. There does come a time for speaking, of course, but only after you've first done what? And listened well. Hear their prayer, and when the time is right, speak grace, but only speak it if you can't show it. I would hate for someone to have to tell you to shut up. Walking alongside someone as they offer an honest lament requires legs, not lips, most often. Maybe you're the one to ask, how are you really? And then listen carefully. Listen with care fully. I'll close with this. Some of us need to get more honest. And I'm not saying that to bring some sort of fabricated guilt uh, with, from within you. I'm rather asking each of us to go a little deeper, to be in touch with more deep-seated issues and feelings and more difficult situations for a specific purpose. And that is so that we can share them with God so we can lament. And if you find yourself in a place like Job, where it's just near impossible to make sense of why you are going through the experiences you are going through right now, tell that to God. Cry it if you need to. Yell at him if you need to. He can take it. He knows you don't understand, but maybe in time, you will. But then again, maybe you won't. But you will have grown, and you will be blessed, and you will be closer to God than you were before. I would also say this. Try not to climb out of the valley too soon. There are lessons to be learned in the valley. But don't stay there. That's not where God wants you ultimately. He may need you there for your own benefit or to benefit somebody else, but only for a time. Finally, I would remind you of this fact, that Sundays are not a part of Lent. Did you know that? They're not part of the 40 days. Why am I saying this? Because it's a reminder that even as we walk through the valley, 
There are glimpses of the mountaintop if we look up. The place that you and I and all who choose to receive the grace of God through Jesus Christ will end up. It's our very salvation, as Job stated. Lament and honesty go together. So be honest. Say what you need to say. Pray your lament. We challenge and encourage you to do those three things. Again, be honest. Say what you need to say. Pray your lament. Will you? Will you do that today? God is all ears. Amen.